The Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. Hello, welcome to this podcast. It's Christmas, everyone. Very, very put on, I think. Very try hard. <laughs> At least I'm trying, though. Hey, try hard. You know what that sounds like? Uh, die hard? Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing die hard, though. We've covered it. We are, of course, doing our annual Christmas episode. And once again, not doing a Christmas film. <laughs> We're doing a holiday, holiday film. Well, not even a film, actually, is it? A TV special. (laughs) We've completely lost track. We've whiffed it. Well, it could have been worse, Alan. It could have been much worse, because, as always, we ran a poll. Uh, Why do you trust these people? Maybe I shouldn't admit this to um, our audience, but uh, Star Wars Holiday Special ran away with it initially, and then I didn't look at the poll for months, and um, we kind of made all these arrangements to do this one. I, I... watched it and then i i remembered like oh yeah i should go and just like call it on the poll it's officially this one so people stop voting i went and uh die hard 3 was tying <laughs> with star wars holiday special like loads of people had come and voted in the month since and it was a tie so i cast a um tiebreaker vote on behalf of the podcast we normally the podcast account abstains but can i ask a question die hard pretends that it's a christmas film i understand that yep. does die hard 3 even fake it no there's a there's it's a not couple set at christmas there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of jokey references to christmas in there like a little nod and a wink but but it's not set at christmas even is it no which is the only basis which Die Hard is a Yeah, Christmas but Die film. Hard's a Christmas tradition, Alan, and you can only get so much out of the first film. Well, that's why we need to move on to something else. But have we done Die Hard yeah, 2? Yeah, Die Hard 3. Remember. Yeah, we've done Die Hard 2. All right, well, Die Hard 3 is sensible then. But unfortunately, we didn't choose that not Christmas film. We chose this other not Christmas TV special. Yeah. It's not a film. It's not for Christmas. Welcome to the Christmas special of this film podcast. Should we introduce ourselves? Have we done that? I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Saul, that's Alan. Uh, normally, we're joined by Calvin, but... Um... Yes. Calvin is usually with us for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, he's not. Um, he was assaulted by a reindeer at a, at a winter festival he went Calvin to. Calvin got run he's, over he's in hospital. by a reindeer. Yeah, he's, he's recovering well, though. He sends you his love. Um, and I'll tell you the real reason, Alan, because I saw him the other day. We were chatting about this. Oh, yeah. He's too fucking big for us now. He's off Could hanging. Be. He's off hanging out with fucking David Williams, chatting about favorite uh, Bond yeah. movies. Oh yeah, he told me about that. Yeah, hanging out with the Williams boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, David Williams is uh, very unfunny in real life. He doesn't. He doesn't even try. Well, I can believe that. I've seen his work. <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary shade thrown at David Williams. There. <laughs> Unfair. Unfair. Uh... Some Little Britain material that's very not aged very well. He got um he got soft cancelled for his kids' books recently. I think all soft over Twitter. Cancelled. Well, he he had a character in one of his children's books that was called like they were called like Wong Chu or something, and it was just like a <laughs> it was like a Japanese kid who's good at maths or something, and everyone was going, "Ah, <laughs> oh, this isn't our mate." Doing very well off his kids' books, I believe. 
The good thing about kids' books is it's like a real book, but not as good, so you don't have to put as much effort in. Yeah, you can just pump them out. Really, just p- really pump them out. You don't even have to do the drawings. I mean, I don't know if David Williams does the drawings himself. I'm sure someone cleans them up if he does. I'm sure he kind of <laughs> does. Quentin, Quentin Blake doing the money. Has he? Well, it looks like Quentin so. Blake, but I didn't know if it was actually Quentin Blake or. Um... Okay, let's start. Let's re- about rewind the clock back to 1977. Right, right? Yeah. Star Wars came out, huge hit. Some TV people see dollar signs. Quick, easy cash in. Let's go get the rights to this thing. George Lucas goes, sure. I'm just signing off on anything right now. Eight grand. You know, he famously signed... <laughs> eight grand, that's that's like uh, that's like eight bags of Coke. I don't know. What, <laughs> how much is Coke these days, Alan? In the 70s. It comes, it comes in bags, yeah. There was obviously a lot of Coke involved in the... Um, uh, well, I wish there'd been more, because maybe they would have sped the thing up a bit. Yep, 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 yep. When I say eight bags of coke, I do, of course, mean, like, you know... You know, like, Angelos Epithemia walks around with, like, an old <laughs> Londis bag or whatever. One of those full of coke. Okay. Um, I agree, actually. It, it, it feels less cocaine-fueled and more psychedelic-fueled, really. But it, insofar as there's just a lot of sit and watch this... Uh, relatively mundane circus act for 15 minutes jefferson starship the jefferson starship yeah, yeah we got him not any of the other ones we got him yeah. all right well that's that's psychedelic they've got music, starship in the name you see it makes sense i assume that's why they went for them over the, the grateful dead or the carpenters yeah <laughs> <laughs> well here's my assumption of what happened with the star wars holiday special Something was supposed to be happening, and it didn't happen. They went, oh, we've got a two-hour slot we need to fill. What are we going to do? We've got the Star Wars. Let's let's do the Star Wars. That's popular. And then they went, well, when does it have to go out? In about four hours. Can we throw something together? Yeah, I think that latter bit is true. Um... <laughs> I think this it's possible this whole thing was improvised live. Well, I... <laughs> look, variety specials like this were all the rage about then, right? Really? And 1978 they didn't have Markham and Wise. That's the problem. Well, 1978 was the tail end of that. This was like a, a holiday, you know, staple, and you you got these things all year round, and they were a big, you know, there were TV producers whose entire careers were were built on this sort of thing. So, I think they saw an opportunity to give what they were doing a bit of a shot in the arm. This is going to be a modern variety special that's going to draw in a huge audience off the back of this film. Now, I yeah. do get the impression that. It was pulled together very last minute uh, and rushed. I don't think that's because something fell apart. I think it's just, you know... I mean, that's what TV was in the 70s. The, 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 I don't know about the copy you watched this time round, Alan, but the one I watched had... Um, the Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman will be preempted until next week. And, you know, that that's the level of TV we were at. We were painting a guy green. We had a woman running around in a miniskirt with a whip. That were, you know, and we, we've kind of gone full circle back to that now. Say, have you seen the Avengers? Or whatever <laughs> the other one is. But um, my point is, you know, TV in the 70s, it was Shit. it was what Tarantino considers to be the golden era of TV, which so is total not... shit, basically. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And um, I wonder to what extent this has been removed from the context of the time. I wonder to what extent this was just what a variety special in the 70s was like, but we obviously uh, no, but you, never the thing is, I don't know because like shit. my idea of a variety show is more like you know a British Bruce Forsyth one, yeah. comes out and he's like oh ladies and gentlemen and then he introduces someone 
And it's like, oh, look, it's a lovely lady. She's going to do a dance. Someone yeah, does a, someone does a do bit it. of magic. They don't try and tack a narrative on. on yeah, something. exactly. Not trying to build it. Well, around I, I think something. I think that is you know it's tying it in with Star Wars, and I think it's probably partly down to George Lucas. I wouldn't be surprised if the you know the original plan was um, let's have Han come out and say, "Hey, everyone, we got a great show for you tonight," and uh, <laughs> blah 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 blah, and then. George Lucas was like, we well, can't do that because uh, Star Wars continuity, and he got out his books with all the like rules of Star Wars and you know the world and everything. I I I think George Lucas probably exerted enough control to perhaps fuck things up further than they otherwise would have been. Well, I, ba- I think he he basically originally they were involved and they were like, okay, yeah, this seems like a solid idea. I want to build it around the Wookies. I, I want to expand the Wookie world a bit. And then, yeah. so then they were like, they didn't want to do that. They were like, oh, right, okay, it's got to do this Wookiee stuff, I suppose. And then he was like, oh, I'm busy. You finish that. <laughs> so they just built something around so it. So they went, let's not put any subtitles on it. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's George Lucas. That's how he likes it. <laughs> we, we should add, this is this is a famously terrible, terrible piece of work. Like, start, this is, you know, revered within Star Wars fandom. VHS copies of this thing were passed around, bootleg tapes of it in the 90s. You know, it was the only way to see it because George Lucas famously said he, um, if he had the, the resources, probably referring to time rather than money, because I think he <laughs> does have the money. If he had the resources, he would uh, track down every last copy of it and destroy it, just erase it from existence. Which is weird to think, because I think it, it probably is only a matter of two to five years, I think, before this thing is like given a full HD remaster and added to Disney Plus so yeah uh, well yeah. i think uh you know you're saying it's it's obviously well known in the in the star wars world of the being terrible it's 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 considered the worst thing star wars has ever done which is going some way but also yeah, it's yeah. considered one of the worst pieces of television ever and it's yeah. sort of unfavorably compared to say genocide um <laughs> you know people dying of starvation what, you mean Star Wars fans are prone to exaggeration? No, I'm just saying they would rather people... Toxic discourse. Thousands, maybe even millions of people die than, than have to watch this again. Um, that's that's how people feel about it. Uh, I think that's fair. It certainly is one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> well... <sighs> Don't you even pretend like you're going to create a defence for this thing. Well... <laughs> Chewbacca's kids called Lumpy. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's short for Lumpawalla. He makes a very particular noise that sounds like they recorded the noise once and then looped it like, <laughs> five hundred times throughout the special. But he makes a very yeah. particular noise that sounds so, like I, best description I can think of for it is like a a dinosaur baby in physical pain. Like he doesn't sound like a Wookiee. He sounds like he's going. <laughs> Like, don't kick the baby. Well, Lumpy is... In pain a lot of the time, emotional pain. Is very emotional about pain, his father. Right. 
You're right, yeah. Um, I, I, I liked at the start of this film that they introduce everyone. Oh, what? They're not afraid of a long intro. That's changed, hasn't it? Featuring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Carrie Fisher, blah, 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 blah. Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, and R2-D2 as himself. <laughs> so, what's Kenny Baker's agent playing at? I mean, come on. <laughs> No, he wasn't Or is he there. not in it? Is that what it's called? Oh, right. Oh. They just used a little remote control R2-D2. Oh, it's almost like Kenny Baker doesn't need to be involved at all. It doesn't need an actor in the little bucket. Yeah, maybe mm. true. Yeah, I mean, the, the real failing of this thing is it's just slow. There's maybe, like... Oh. I think you could do a solid, kitschy bit of camp fun here, right? I think you could... If you embrace this... Like with with today's sensibility, well, they are they are, they are Alan. They they're making um, I don't know if you're aware, but they're making a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for oh. Disney Plus, which I I think is going to be released next year. Oh God, I can. Oh, it's just going to be so dripping with irony, though. It won't be. I know. I know. Be, I know I'm a bit. I know, I know. I'm a bit unsure about it. Although I don't know, James Gunn. Mm. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see if it's a variety special or if it's just like a half hour story with the Guardians of the Galaxy meeting Father Christmas, you know? Uh, oh, that's going to be some bullshit. But this, that's what you could have done here, like, if you just had... Hello, everybody, look, it's Carrie Fisher, she's going to do a song. Carrie Fisher starts singing, and then a load of people in Wookiee costumes do a choreographed dance n- number yeah. between, behind them on stage. Great! But I, I think part of the problem is we're, we're combining narrative drama i guess with um the entertainment wing of the tv company you know like it 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 it's not something that tends to make for good viewing you know the worst part of the young ones is of <laughs> course every episode when they go oh it's nine below zero and then you know well in that case nine below zero or or fucking dexy's midnight runners or ever come out and go <laughs> oh madness <laughs> <laughs> Ace of Spades, our house. <laughs> I think you see the same thing happening here. You've kind of got two or three ideas for like little holiday story segments that maybe could have been something well you say bad that. rather than appallingly, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the problem with the whole Star Wars holiday special is that every single element is bad. Yeah, it's it, it's work. not like this was a great thing that got ruined in production. It was, you know, it, the the mm. best version of this is probably going to be like four out of ten. The main narrative through line is Chewbacca's family are at home and they're waiting for Chewbacca to come home because they're celebrating Life Day, which is sort of a Thanksgiving type thing, and all the family comes together. Because Star Wars does this, where it'll have all the things from Earth. But they just have to do like a one-to-one translation. So they don't have cigarettes; they have death sticks. Um, <laughs> they don't drink milk; they drink blue milk. <laughs> you know, it's that's that's the mind of George Lucas right there. That's why this is a universe people want to return to time and time again. So we've got the the Chewbacca family. They're waiting for him to come home. He's trapped. What's Chewbacca's surname? What is that? What's that family name? Uh, Backer. Uh, uh, the Backers. His name is Chew. Backer. Are you sure the family name's not Chew? It's not like... Because that sounds oh, like an Asian it's... name, and I know in a lot of Asian cultures you, you put the surname first, the first name you might last, be right there. but... Yeah. 
Yeah, let's go with that. So Chumala is... So it's um, the, the Chu family, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... But the problem is, you know, he's trying to pop home for, you know, Thanksgiving, but... Yeah, of course he is. There's only a bloody Imperial death ship trying to kill him. <laughs> Can you kill me? Uh, you know, so he's having to get through, you know, a war to get home. Hey, family. look, that's a solid that's a solid setup for a life day movie. If they if they approached it like plane trains and automobiles or something like that. <laughs> you got yeah, a classic how do I holiday. Get back? Yeah, exactly. But instead we see it all from the perspective of Lumpy the gets kid left home alone. sat around killing time, anxiously waiting for his dad to turn up. Yeah, and then some stormtroopers turns up and he has to like hit them with pots of paint. Uh, yeah, and then he puts yeah, yeah. marbles on the stairs that they fall. And over. I've got to say, I've got to say, right, to all the people, because Han Solo does turn up around this point and help fight mm. him off. Now, to all the people who are so adamant about how Han shot first, his way of fighting a stormtrooper is he looks at it awkwardly, and then the stormtrooper, like, sort of runs and jumps over the side of the stairs by mistake. <laughs> yeah, the stormtrooper commits suicide. He realizes at that moment. <laughs> That he's in the Star Wars holiday special. Well, yeah. <laughs> he decides to kill himself from shame, yeah. uh, which is something Harrison Ford didn't do. Well, we we get Ch- uh, Bakachu and <laughs> Han in what appears to be some small cupboard uh, with the chairs in it, uh, which is pretending to be the bridge of the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like straight away, it's like this okay, this looks cheap. There's not a lot of effort coming into this from the actors. They're obviously being forced to be there through probably their families have been kidnapped or something. Yep. But then basically what we get is ten minutes of mime because the the Chu the back the Chu family don't <laughs> speak uh, a language that anyone who's watching this can understand. Uh, so I mean I think it's a ballsy opening frankly to to open a, a 2 hour long special with something so impenetrable and boring. Yeah. And and I mean it's like is, a David that, Lynch is this is, this is a it sort really of Kaufman-esque uh, level of comedy I think. I think that's what they're going for. Yeah. And and then I mean the, the plot is just basically then padded out with lumpy he, he loads up his little holographic chessboard apparently you can watch circus performers on it as well. Yeah. So he watches them for about fifteen minutes. And, so uh, long, everything. And they're so not. Long. They're not. If I saw them in person at a circus, I'd probably feel like, yeah, that was adequate. Yeah, if you, if you had a mate who could do this sort of thing, you go, oh, that's quite cool. But if yeah, it was yeah. like a professional act, I think okay, this is pretty basic. Yeah, like you know, those those women who love doing like pole dancing as exercise. Uh, you know, if you've ever been to one of their warehouses and watched them kind of spin round, that's kind of the <laughs> level this is at. It's like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. That like, it's a little bit of minor acrobatics. That's you know, very well done. But this is you know, you want like the the cream of the crop. Surely this is the Star Wars holiday. It's it's on TV. Let alone it's for Star Wars. So yeah, you just kind of watch that. You kind of think like, wow. The Star Wars universe must just be the worst, the worst universe to live in. Because, like, <laughs> like, at least in the Star Trek universe, like, TV and that still exists. They've just, you know, they're too fucking pretentious to watch it anymore. They're like, they're like that family at school who didn't have a TV. <laughs> just because they only read books. But at least they've got the option there. You want to become some, like... You know, at least you've got books in the Star Trek fucking universe. Jesus Christ. You've got a holodeck. Why would you need TV? You've got a holodeck. But Marla watches the TV. She watches a, a cooking show. 
Exactly. They'll they'll break it out when it, they'll break it out for fucking dog shit cooking show and pod racing. The two instances I think we ever see like <laughs> TV used in Star Wars universe. We we do have the guest appearances by uh, all our uh, favorite Star Wars characters, and uh, it's about this time we get Mark Hamill in. Yeah, he video calls in now. Mark Hamill, I yeah. I don't want to cast aspersions on his personal life, so let's say definitely he's playing Luke Skywalker here as if Luke Skywalker has just taken a shitload of drugs. Well, uh, his eyes are just <laughs> sort of painted. <laughs> open. Well. Was this not? This was our. Was this after the car crash? You think he may have been morphined to to, yeah. to the eyeballs, basically. Well, that was ge- genuine question. Was he? Was he? Well, his face his seemed on? in pretty good shape. I mean, it didn't look uh, like he'd been bandaged up or anything. It did. There was a degree of uncanny valley about it, like it'd been plastered over and something. But is that could just be? That could just be the drugs. I don't know. Maybe it's just glazed over. But the cast are famously off their tits in this production. I mean, I, I don't know if that's ever been that You can't cast those sort of confirmed. expressions on Carrie Fisher's lifestyle, please. I think she's the only one where it is out and out confirmed, isn't it? Wasn't she <laughs> yeah. fucking Harrison Ford in between takes or drugged oh, really? up or something? Well, Didn't that come out in her book or something? Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure it I came mean, out... Certainly on a lot of drugs, yeah. I'm sure it came out at some point that, like, one of them was cheating on a partner. I get probably probably Harrison Ford, and they were just like fucking each other in the downtime between takes on on one of the productions, which you know might have been an actual Star Wars movie. Uh, but my understanding is there were drugs and sex involved, which would point more towards this. And she she also has a um, considerably glazed over expression. Yeah. Harrison Ford doesn't look too glazed over, but I think I think he's always like that. So we just kind of, do you know? What I mean, I don't. Oh yeah, that's, Harrison, that's Ford's... Harrison Ford's style is to, you know, he's not interested at all, and you can get away with that if the material's good. Anyway, what happens? Jefferson Starship turn up forty four minutes in. Nothing, nothing's happened at this point. Anything before that? Uh, yeah, there's there's the um, some stormtroopers turn up at the house. Really, I thought they turn up at the very end. They turn up that early. Wow. No, they come and start searching the house, don't they? And then Art Carney comes around and oh, helps God. them out. Fucking Art Carney. Okay, let ask me answer me this right. Some there's some really inexplicable things that go on, and and one of them is we see Art Carney right, and he is a trader, and we first see him in his shop. He's trying to flog stuff to some imperial imperialist. He's got a lovely big open open shirt. Very nineteen yeah. seventy. I think I think we forget how nineteen seventies the um aesthetic of star wars is because we just yeah. kind of think of it like oh it's the, it's space that's just like ago. crazy crazy space clothes no no it's that's just, just what people wore in the 70s <laughs> it's just flares well he's dealing with the customer and the customer for some reason the production team have decided that rather than have the the person who's there speaking they're going to have a voiceover doing the lines and then very judiciously not show the guy's face whenever he's speaking, just so they can mm. get away with that. I can't fathom why that choice would have been made. I just don't know what's going on. There. Uh, Unless for some reason, like he got laryngitis, he couldn't yeah. speak, but they were contractually obliged to keep him in it. They couldn't do anything about it. And so they just got, you know, someone else off camera doing the lines. So, there's, But there's all sorts of things like that going on. It's like, we just think, why... <laughs> How has this happened? What's what's happening here? Someone's had yeah. to organise for this 
to happen. And uh, I don't know. And then, so Art, Art Carney comes round to the Chu family residence. Yeah. He brings him some presents. And he brings the granddad of the family, basically some sort of virtual reality headset wank-off ASMR thing. He sits him in a machine, like a virtual reality headset thing, and he's like, look, this is going to be good. It's dead. It's filth. You're going to love it. You're going to experience it here in the living room while your daughter and <laughs> grandson are just milling around. And it's yeah. like a woman... And she's sing she sings a song eventually, but before that she's like ASMRing him and uh, and he loves it. He's getting right off on it. Well it's a variety it's a variety show, Alan. You've got to put something in there for dad. <laughs> Bear blue. <laughs> Look, we gotta get some T and A in this thing. I watch a variety show. I don't wanna see no space mooks. I wanna see some T and A. The kids are here for the furry the, the fucking monkey thing. The mom, she'll stay for the cooking section. Where's my <laughs> bit? Well, Itchy, fortunately, Itchy Chew, he loves uh, he loves the look of a human woman. <laughs> he hey, can we get my... Filthy piece. I, I, I'm going to call up my old pal, Cubby Broccoli, see what, he, what <laughs> advice he's got for this show. <laughs> hey, Cubby, oh, we're God. making a Star Wars show. You got any advice for us? Put a bond a Star Wars show? What the <laughs> fuck is this? Oh, hey. Oh, there we go. Gotta find the voice. <laughs> hey, it's me. It's 1978. I'm still alive. Yeah, you are. And at the, at hey! the peak of your powers, I, dare I say. Hey, <laughs> you need a little TNA. That's my advice. <laughs> Anybody got any coke around here? We, we do get a, a, a little bit of footage of Darth Vader which I assume is just a deleted take from the films because it's obviously not been shot by the people who made this. So that's kind of having Darth Vader in it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, we do have an animation interlude. Yeah, probably probably the best part of the whole thing. I mean, it... it, it it's still it crap. Ele- it's still crap. It elevates the um, proceedings to the standard of your average... Saturday morning cartoon circa 1978, which was a very, very, very low standard. Mm. Um, in fact, it's maybe a bit better than that, to be honest. The, I think the animation is probably a bit better than you would have got on a Saturday morning cartoon back then, but um, it's still crap. Yeah, and, and as a story, as a little self-enclosed story, it doesn't really have an ending. This is a very important moment for Star Wars fandom. Are you aware of this? Boba Fett? This was the, the debut of Boba Fett, the reason why people point to the Star Wars Holiday Special being canon, uh, because it introduces Boba Fett. We'd never seen him before. Now, the reason for this, I think, is because, you know, George Lucas was presumably working on The Empire Strikes Back, and he kind of developed the character already, and they kind of got ahead of things. But still, I mean, you know, it predates that film by two years. Yeah, it's, you know, people like... Boba people like Fett, that character, don't they? Yeah, I don't really know why. But You know what I found out? Uh, you know what I found out? Only this year. You know The Mandalorian? Not really, no. Are you, are you aware that there's this very popular Disney Plus show, Star yes. Wars TV show called The Mandalorian? Yes. I, I only found out very recently that The Mandalorian isn't Boba Fett. He's like a totally different guy. Right. I just thought it was Boba. I thought it was him. Boba. Oh, Boba. I don't know. 
I don't know what the connection is. Well, they're all they're all part of the same um, the Mandalores. They all wear this armor, and so I I think Boba uh, Fett like, like stole some of the armor and isn't. So basically, what you're saying it, is but... they all look alike to you. Well, yeah, because they never take the helmet off. That's yeah. part of their 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 creed. It, it was in like season two that I realized he wasn't Boba Fett because uh, Boba Fett turns up. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's Boba Fett. And I was like, hang on, I thought he was Boba Fett. There's a bit of a giveaway in it. <laughs> I thought it was I thought they'd recast Boba Fett, obviously, with Pedro Pascal. No, they bring back the original Boba Fett and uh, he's getting his own show now. Of course he is. <sighs> I mean, we we're going back to nineteen seventy eight here, dragging stuff out of Star Wars to try and make more of it. It's nothing on TV. new about that, is there? Yeah, well, when I saw Calvin the other day, we were discussing the state of Star Wars, and he was like, well, they're having such success with all these TV shows, and I, I corrected him to TV show, <laughs> and um, he didn't understand what I was getting at. Oh, well, Clone Wars! Yeah, well, come on, that doesn't count. <laughs> Let's be sensible. Man. That was already a thing. I mean, they're making them, but, you know, we don't, we don't know how the Obi-Wan series is going to go down. So we, we do have, I think we have another sort of psychedelic dance interlude at some point. It's all do we, is this one Jefferson? Up. Is this Jefferson Starship? Right, we've had them. I don't know. Ticked, There's another right? one of them. We have the animation. Oh, and then, so then we have the Arthur Cantina. Well, hang on. Uh, have, have, it, no, because before that, we have the guy speeding up the lumpies trying to fix his toy with, right? Yeah, we, yeah, Harvey Corman is, uh, yeah. Yeah. So he, and we and we and well, we've, we've had we the cooking him, bit as well. We have him, yeah. It's the same actor. We have him as a, I know, I know, I know. But we've had a both chef these with four on. arms, which is the seems to be the oh, only joke involved. The joke is, is that about halfway through, in. we find out he has more arms or something. Yeah, that, that is that is the joke. And other than that, I think it's just like a blue Peter make. You just kind of fill a bit of time showing the people at home how to make um, yeah space eggs or whatever he's cooking. Yeah, blue milk. So then we do have uh, Lumpy, he wants to get his thing working, that he's got a present, and so he watches the instructional video yeah. and set it up, but it's being done by some kind of robot man who has a bit the of The whole joke fault. is he occasionally does this when he's talking. Uh, no, Sol, you did that far too well, um, I'm afraid. You, you actually sounded like you were slowing down and then sped up again. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm sorry, you're too good. You failed the audition. Yeah. Uh, no. But yeah, Harvey Corman is like he, he does triple business in this three different characters. Yeah, because he's the he comedy guy there. Yeah, he's hey! a sketch comedy actor. Like, hey! the perfect person to bring in. Oh, what? The beauty of a sketch comedy guy is you only need one. Yeah. Right? Why are you gonna waste money hiring three guys when you can get one guy to play three guys? Exactly. Yeah. Diversity. This Why? is 1978, Bubba. Yeah, just black them up. It's fine. To be fair, they don't they don't do that in this. Um, <laughs> I, they they dodged that bullet. Then we have the cantina sequence, which I think is probably my favourite bit uh, because B. Arthur sings a song. <laughs> this is probably the best bit in the thing, actually. <laughs> more, more than sings, the... sings a song which which would be. You know, it sounds like something out of Cabaret. It's to the Cantina Band song tune. I, I liked it. I, Slow I mean, down. Yeah. put a better singer on it. Just one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend. Oh, yeah. B. Arthur, of course, known for her 
singing. Well, she she has a musical theatre background, doesn't she? But she's uh, she's very much you know I'm going to talk my way through this song. Yeah. I mean, they get a protracted comedy sketch out of this with a, a guy at the bar who's like in love with her and brought her a flower because she said like. Y'all come back now, you hear, or whatever, <laughs> at the end of him drinking. Good night, but not goodbye. But what a, what a, that, that's a 30 second sketch. Yeah, and they, they, they get a good, like, 10 minutes out of it. Uh, a good uh, 10 minutes? <laughs> All right, a bad ten minutes, uh, an excruciating ten minutes, but but one that well, no, it's it feels good because it's like it's the best thing that's happened in this special up until now, and we're like an hour and a half in at least at this point, so you, you, it's like a life raft, at, you know, <laughs> it's like you're drowning in the in the ocean and you get thrown a life preserver made out of shit. You'll take <laughs> it, you know. <laughs> but it dissolves got. in the water over time. Yeah, it's going to dissolve, but it'll give you like two minutes of ease. Uh, B. Arthur is a terrible, terrible bar manager. She can't do the job. Like, the 90% of that job is kicking people out at closing time. Yeah. It's a big, that's a big, important part of the job, you know? It, so the fact that B. Arthur is just going around going like, ah, oh, come on, come on, you gotta leave the par- you gotta leave the bar. Come on, we go way back, don't we? You'll do me this solid favor. She's like fucking Jack Lemon in Glengarry Glen Ross <laughs> trying to get people to leave her bar. And she could just stop serving them and they'll leave, but yeah. No, but didn't you see how how uh, rowdy they got? They were gonna smash up the place. But her her way of handling this is not to kick him out of the bar. They haven't got any bouncers either, which seems like it might be a good idea. Um, her way of dealing with shit is just to sing a song to calm everyone down, get them on side. Just one more round, friend. Was that Alec Guinness? I'll drink it down, friend. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's so shit, but it's 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 a testament to how bad this thing is because it is by far and away the highlight of the the whole thing. Just one more round. And I mean, this is the quality of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Like, it, it, there are just fifteen minute segments of just like a guy coming out going boop 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 boop. But you know, they they they've painted his face blue or something. Oh dear, and that so that that's not relevant to anything, is it? None of it's relevant to anything. But then there, there is a they wrap up the plot, which is basically Chewbacca manages to get home, and then his wife's like, "Where have you been?" And hits yeah, him with a rolling pin. pin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then they all forget that they're living under the oppressive boot of the in, in empire for for twenty minutes while they go and have a little ceremony. And Carrie Fisher sings a song about how you should love everybody. Oh my god. Eyes so glazed over, I could swear she fell into a Krispy Kreme donut conveyor belt line. <laughs> Don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it, to be honest. That's the power of cocaine. There were some parallels to be drawn, I suppose, between uh, the Empire telling us to close the pubs. Eh? No. That's a bit like... Uh, no, it's not. Like the current... No. Current government, eh? 
You've been reading The Guardian again, haven't you, Sol? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Sol. What? The Star Wars Holiday Special, right? Wasn't very special, was it? It was pretty much universally hated by everyone who was involved in making it, uh, everyone who ever saw it, and everyone yeah. who's even heard of it in a theoretical capacity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The only saving grace seems to be some people go, oh, that cartoon bits, all right. Well, also, you know, I think for a while it was like a quite fun, anarchic, you know, counterculture little touchstone for like cool, well, not cool, ultra nerds, but, you know, people who got the gag. I can understand the appeal of this in the sense of in, yeah, being yeah, in the 90s. You're, you're a comic book Star guy Wars from The fan. Simpsons. You're going to get your other fat comic book friends over to your weird little VHS dungeon and, and yeah. I can, I can get Taco that. Bell and, and you, laugh and, at it. And honestly, if you watch this, I can see how you would watch this with some friends and like, and if you were a Star Wars fan and pre And you're going to talk over it and drink beers. But, and, but also you know, just. Be a merry time. If you'd heard about this, if people had told you some of the things that happened in it, you'd be like, oh, that sounds hilarious. It can't possibly be really that bad. And then you would see it. It must be just like, I can't believe this is happening. I, 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 this is This has to be a joke, right? And so I can see how that would have great appeal and be very interesting. But, you know. Well, you were saying earlier, Sol, variety was a thing and they were trying to hook it into something that was popular. But yeah. if only this had been better and we could have seen... Yeah, the holiday variety specials of all sorts of different properties. It would have been amazing. Oh right, I see what you're Jaws saying. Jaws holiday yeah, yeah. special. Well, yeah. I think I think they'd missed the boat for Jaws, really, they, didn't they? That they that was boat. not an intended pun, but it was good. <laughs> I heard it as it came out. No, I, what, I mean 1978, 79, 80. What are you talking there? What what holiday specials are you going to get? Well, The Shining. Ooh, The Shining it's holiday got snow special. Already. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Hey kids! Hey there, Sonny. We're snowed. In. Is Robin Williams in the show? We're snowed in for Christmas, and I can't find the firewood. Uh, Blade Runner. When was that? 82. Alien. Ooh, the Alien Holiday Special, seventy-nine. That would have been a nice one. Yeah. Because then at the end, Alien comes out with a little Santa hat on, and they and he gives everybody presents, and they're like, "Oh, maybe he's not so bad after all." Let's love everybody, no matter what they look like. I think the Alien holiday special is they're all sat around carving the turkey, and then the turkey starts to, you know, oh, oh, and then a, pfft, it's only a bloody face hugger, chest burster, bursting out the turkey, this, and they're like, cooked. "Oh, the turkey's and the turkey's ruined." Then they have to get Father Christmas to help them hunt down the the alien. And uh, Sigourney gets Mr. Jones a um, <laughs> little catnip he's stocking. Not, he's not called Mr. Jones. <laughs> What's he called? Just called Jonesy. Hello, Mr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name. Jonesy's his nickname. Mr. Jones is what his father's called. <laughs> Hey, and when 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 the robot tries to shove a magazine down her throat to kill her, it's an Argos catalog. <laughs> okay, that's actually pretty good. And then maybe she shoots the alien out into space, and they can they can do something with baby. It's cold outside, or something. <laughs> yeah, that works perfectly. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm going to push us forward to 1981. Here's one that actually probably would have happened okay. had this not been a complete failure. The Indiana Jones holiday special. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yes. So he's he has to he go has to, to find he has to travel an, to the Christmas Arctic artifact. Yeah, he has to go to yeah, the Yeah, to, to find the gold and frankincense and myrrh that were That's given not... to baby Jesus. Oh, yeah, okay. I was going to say he has to find something that to help Santa's sleigh uh, go. Like the magic talisman that makes it fly around the world. No, he's got a... no, I'll tell you what he goes looking for. I'll tell you what he goes looking for. It's the holiday special. The best artifact, I think, for an Indiana Jones adventure. The the lantern with the oil that burned for uh, eight nights and eight days or whatever it is from Hanukkah. Oh yeah, I don't really, I don't know the story that well. Broad broad strokes, that's the story of Hanukkah, right? They had a, magic a little lantern lamp. with a, a tiny bit of oil, it was meant to run out, and then it managed to keep burning for like eight nights, eight days, and that like kept them yeah. alive or something, and that's why they light eight candles over eight however many days is it seven eight whatever it is but i think you know spielberg would go for that he'd get involved he'd be like oh yeah no i'm i'm up for that celebrate my heritage a bit there and so he has to find the magic menorah the magic lamp yeah and then if you rub it, rubs it out comes robin, robin williams, robin robin williams. williams. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah robin williams dressed as santa <laughs> just to mix things up ho right? ho ho merry merry christmas Oh, you've been very naughty. Oh, very nice. <laughs> and he gives he gives uh, he gives Indy a lump of coal, and then he <laughs> and then he tells him to check it again. And it's uh, it's actually a fossil. There's a fossil of something. So he's an, yeah, yeah, it's a fossil. It's a, it's an excellent fossil. <laughs> and then Indy's like, oh, it belongs in a museum. He gets angry, <laughs> and then he kills some natives who are trying to get it back because they actually own it. <laughs> Christmas in the stars, Christmas in the stars, what a merry Christmas this will be. Christmas in the stars, out among the stars, lighting up a Christmas tree. Come on everyone and sing.